Hello, my friend. Before this podcast episode begins, I would love for you to consider joining our community on Patreon. For only $11.11, you'll be a part of an emerging community where I post bonus material and talk to you, and, and we can grow together. This small monthly donation goes toward keeping the podcast and the meditations free to the public for as long as we can keep them going. Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. vulnerability you know it can really help you it's been helping me welcome to episode 90 10 weeks away from 100 so I've been going through it lately you know I always want to be an open book with you you know my audience and so that that makes me vulnerable and in that vulnerability a lot of progress can happen you know a great example of that is Iron Mike Tyson right the baddest man on the planet have you seen his interviews or his podcasts in the last few years he's very vulnerable very open You never know when Mike's going to just start crying. You know. Who's going to tell him he's not manly, right? (laughs) Right. So, you know, my spiritual mentor, Vishrant, talks about openness all the time. It's one of his main teachings. And, you know, being vulnerable, being open, being willing to get hit with those emotional arrows, surrendering to the possibility that you might get quote unquote hurt. It's okay. So for me, for me, I'm going through it physically and mentally right now. You know, a detox. Uh, To make the story short, about six weeks ago in late January, uh, I started getting some health symptoms that I, I wasn't I wasn't liking. I was like, uh-oh, what's this? Now, through the pandemic months, I basically gorged on food. I, uh, I was eating too much and I was eating the wrong foods. And... I overdid it. I am a food addict, and I overdid it. And then, so here I am, now getting symptoms that I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, you know, it's time to change. And if you know me, I'm a huge advocate of juice fasting or feasting, uh, which, which is sometimes called a solid food vacation. And I've been doing those on and off for almost 10 years. So this has been my pattern gorge myself then do that and then fall back but 
you know, I feel mature enough to not do that now because of mindfulness, but I got to get back to normal first before I can even give that a shot. So, so naturally I, I went on, I got on the fruits and vegetables. I said, all right, I'm going to wean myself off all this food. I'm going to get off this table salt and all this high fat crap. And in doing that, of course, what happens is the body starts to clean, starts to cleanse. And when the bad stuff comes out, weird things start happening and it can get scary. I used to tell clients healing hurts. Healing hurts. And so it's been a wild six weeks. All sorts of symptoms. And some days I feel great. And some days I don't. The last few days have been uh, not so great. But you know, this is the way it works. As I work further and further into getting, you know, getting on juice, getting on the solid food vacation, because that's where the magic's going to happen. But I got to get there first. So for me, if you listen to this podcast, you you know I'm a peaceful, calm guy. But don't put me on a pedestal. I have my own stuff that I work through. And I'm the type of guy who doesn't get anxiety often. But I have some trigger points. And you probably do too. You just have to become self-aware and know what your trigger points are. So I'm going to tell you what my trigger points are. Okay? My first trigger point is finances. Okay? I'll just come out and tell you. I've never made any money. I've just, I'm just not good at it. My whole life, people thought I was rich because I was on the radio and I had a record label. And then later on, I became like a pretty known health doctor and this, that, and the other. But I've always been an entrepreneur for the most part. And I just never made good money. Not enough to go buy a house and, you know, get a 401k. None of that. I have none of that. I have nothing, essentially. And so that's, that can be a form of stress every now and again because the mind likes to project to the future. So it's like, well, if I don't have any money now, what are you going to do when you get into your 60s? <laughs> right? The mind will jump 20 years, right? What are you going to do? So that doesn't bring me anxiety. Anxiety is just a little stressful. But that's one of my trigger points. I, I just, the most I've ever made was $40,000 a year, which is considered entry level now, isn't it? And that's when I was the director of the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. It's pretty underpaid for a director, isn't it? <laughs> and that's show business for you, you know? That's show business for you. So, yeah. I just never made enough money. Thank goodness for my parents. Thank goodness for my parents. They've bailed me out so many damn times. (sighs) 
My other trigger point is natural disasters. Even though I'm a prepper and I'm always prepared for stuff. I mean, you should see my basement. <laughs> but natural disasters do frighten me, especially tornadoes. Tornadoes are awful. A uh, tornado hit in my area, I think, two years ago, two summers ago. And, uh, it was it was it was bad it was like 10 minutes away from me and we didn't know if it was going to come this way and the clouds were dark and the wind was crazy and the new the phone's going off saying go to your basement go to your basement and the dog wouldn't come down to the basement i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> it was horror it was a it was a bad i'd say 45 minutes and you know my adrenaline was whew, through the roof Tornadoes are frightening. Hurricanes too. There's just something about it. You're not in control. You're not in control. And my third trigger point is health concerns. Health concerns. A lot of it is... I see what my dad goes through with his failing health. I have a lot of heart disease in my family, diabetes in my family. And even though I know we can change our genetics with our diet and exercise, you know, these doctors, they put these horrible things in your head. I, I remember a cardiologist telling me, oh, it doesn't matter what you eat. It's genetics. Yeah, we got to check your heart every few years. <sighs> what? <laughs> what kind of thing is that to say? These things stick in our heads, you know? So health health challenges are scary to me because I don't want to end up like my dad. And then there's the the quote-unquote embarrassment of being a health doctor. Now I got to live up to it, right? No. So, yeah, when you detox, you go through symptoms and it gets scary. Uh, and that's one of my trigger points is health concerns. You know, if I feel something funny in the left side of my chest or in my left arm, you know, it, it can get a little scary. Even though you go, you have your heart checked, and they're like, oh, your heart's fine. <laughs> it's just cleansing. It's just things moving, toxic things moving through your body. Now, I used to tell clients, healing hurts. Healing hurts. It can get scary, for sure. So I've been vulnerable these last six weeks, very vulnerable. And, uh, yeah. So in this vulnerability, I've been opening and softening to my parents a lot more. If you don't know, pretty much lived with my parents almost my whole life. <laughs> I'm the stereotypical 30-year-old in the basement, 40-year-old in the basement. It's it's quite funny. One of my best friends, shout out to uh, Kevin number two. You know, we used to joke around that I was a, a broke mogul because I had so much influence and, and impact in my community. But nobody knew that I was living in my parents' basement for pretty much almost my whole 20s. 
I got out of college at 21 years old and immediately got on the radio. Got a job at ESPN for a little bit. I started a record label. I was doing some cool things, right? Impressive things. And they weren't fly by night. Like they progressed and everyone around me could see it grow. I mean, my my record label, I mean, we we started we started out, you know, performing at bars and ended up on big stages with big crowds. My radio career grew and grew. But I didn't make enough money to live on my own. And my parents, you know, they they let me they let me live in their house. It's a big house. You know, it's a uh three bed three bedroom three bath uh what a nice basement in the suburbs you know it's not a mansion by any means but it's a nice house and i'm an only child so they saw me doing good things never lazy always a hard worker so what are they gonna do kick me out right they don't have the heart to do that they would tell me hey you should get a job, make money, get a job, make money. You can still work on your dreams. But in my mind, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I never wanted to handle the pressure of a regular job and then following my dreams. I thought my life's purpose was my dreams. And so, uh, you know, one day I woke up in my late 20s and I was broke. <laughs> Right. Then I finally got a full-time job at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and I finally got a salary. My first salary was thirty grand a year with benefits, super entry level, right? But I got my own apartment. I went out and got my own apartment. I didn't have to, but I did. I could have stayed with my parents and saved money, but. I decided I needed the experience to go live on my own, and I did for three years. Worked my way up at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, but eventually uh, they closed down, unfortunately. That's another story for another day. And I lost my job. And eventually got brought back, and then six months later fired. The bottom line is I ended up on unemployment and food stamps. And all while I was on the radio being K-Dub from Hot 93.7. And nobody knows what happens behind the scenes. They just think you're some rock star that's rich. And so I was in this nice apartment in Farmington. I knew I couldn't afford my rent anymore. I mean, I had enough to afford my rent, but I would go broke. So I had to make a decision. What do you do? Do you stay and go broke or do you break your lease? I decided to stay and go broke because my dad taught me to never screw up your credit. You never know when you need credit. So that's what I did. At the end of my lease, I moved back in with mom and dad at 31 years old. Not easy. Not easy at all. 
was getting my health in order. I was going to school to become a health consultant. And I was going to build my own business. And I was on the verge of quitting radio and blah, blah, blah. And I was living in my parents' basement. Again, just like I did from 21 to 28. (laughs) You know? And then the same thing happened. The exact same thing happened in my 30s. It happened in my most of my 20s. I was doing things that were impressive. Never lazy. And my parents every now and again would say, well, maybe you should go get a job. Maybe you should go get a job. But at the end of the day, you know, I didn't. And, you know, they helped me out in hopes that, you know, my career would blossom, etc. But even though I'm doing cool things that are impressive and I'm helping people, you've seen my testimonials on all the people I've helped, but I never made a lot of money, ever. Never made enough money to go get my own place. Too unstable. And so they held me down. They held me down. And I am so grateful for that. Swig of juice. But the thing is, something interesting happened in my late thirties. My dad's health has gotten worse. He's a tradesman, so he's got that tradesman ego that works with his hands, takes care of the house, but he can't. He can't anymore. So it switched. It went from me needing them to them needing me. And now I have to hold them down like they've held me down. It's reversed. And I'm I'm and I'm gonna do it gladfully. The interesting thing is as much as they've held me down these last twenty years, you know, my relationship with them has never been of openness, of hugs and nurturing. We just weren't that type of family. We're always friendly. There's jokes and there's playfulness, but never, I love you, give me a hug, and stuff like that. It's never been open like that. I've realized that these are the two people that are down for me the most. And we're like a unit now, a tribe, you know? Why not? The Amish do it. The Hasidic Jews do it. A lot of families in Italy and Europe do it. A 
a lot of Indian ancient times of course it's just America has this view this belief system that you know a kid shouldn't live with their parents past like 25 and they look down upon it it's there's stereotypes involved and I used to be embarrassed by it there's no doubt about it I've said my share of white lies to women over the years I'm not embarrassed by it anymore not at all I tell people willingly I live with my parents or they live with me depending on how you look at it we're a unit it's what it is it's what it's become it wasn't planned this way but it's what it, it's what it became I'm not ashamed but I'll tell you this I always regretted that we didn't have that nurturing openness together. And me and my mom used to fight like cats and dogs. And I just, I had all these pent up feelings about my childhood and my 20s. And I was like kind of mad at my parents. But I got over it. I worked through it. I totally worked through it. I have no, uh, I hold no grudges or whatever you want to call it, resentments at all, towards them at all. Because the thing we have to understand is that parents, in most cases, are going to just do the best that they can. That's it. Because hurt people hurt people. And if they're hurting you, then they were probably hurt. So just somebody just needs to break the cycle. That's all. That's all it is. That's all it is, man. <laughs> and I just know. I I just I'm so happy I worked through those issues I had. Those are so long gone. Once you start walking the spiritual path, the past really kind of dissolves. Now it's about the present and the short-term future. That's what it's really about. You know, if you're into the fatalistic approach, the karma approach, that things happen for a reason approach, then I would say that there's a reason why I'm with my parents now at 41 years old. For two reasons. One, I got to hold them down now like they held me down. That's first and foremost. But number two, it's to improve our relationship. To improve our relationships. We've never been an affectionate family, but I have a chance to break that pattern. I just have to be open and vulnerable. Just the other day, I walked into the TV room my dad was watching TV. I said, Dad, I know this is real random, but I wanted to tell you that I really appreciate you letting me live here. And I know that I'm really lucky. <laughs> he looked shocked. He just said, you're welcome. And I walked away. 
this was big. This was big for me. This was big for him. Because we never talk like that. We never talk like that. My mom, I tell my mom, I say, Mom, I, I appreciate you and everything you do. Can I have a hug? And it's, you know, when I started doing this, it was like, are you okay? <laughs> because we're not a hugging family. But I told my mom, I said, I want to hug every day. Every day I want to hug. Now she's like, I like this habit. I like this new habit. There's an opportunity here because I don't want to wait until they're on their deathbeds. Too many people do that with a loved one that they don't know how to express to. And then they have to go through the uncomfortableness of of those days or, or weeks, whenever it comes. Or they don't do it at all. They don't do it at all. And then they live with regrets. I can't live with regrets. I can't. I can't. I don't want to do it. I need to appreciate them now. If they didn't do for me what they did, I may not even be talking to you right now. Because they're the ones that have supported me for these 20 years. You know, from 21 to 41. <laughs> Straight out of college. I am one lucky dude. A buddy of mine was telling me the other day, he was like, man, you hit the lottery. You hit the lottery. You live in a nice house. You got a home office. You got a home gym. You got a huge backyard. You just started gardening. You have everything anyone could ever want in a nice neighborhood. I said, yeah, but my bank account is empty. He goes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I just... Every day or every other day or whatever, I'm going to try to improve my relationship with my parents and show the appreciation and gratitude that they deserve. They're good people with flaws, just like everyone. But boy, did they look out for their son. And I had the opportunity to help a bunch of people over the last 20 years. And it's indirectly because of them. It's, it's almost like using a football analogy. It's like I'm a running back and they were my blockers. And so they cleared the way for me to get into the end zone. And now it's kind of flipped around. Now I'm their blocker so they can get into the end zone. 
because they don't have a ton of time left. My dad is in poor health. Who knows? Maybe he goes another 10 years because medical technology somehow pulls it off. Maybe. Maybe. But <laughs> it's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to predict it. But in the scope of things, there's not a lot of time left. And I am the man of the house now. And I have a responsibility. And I'm not afraid to tell anyone that. Most people would, you know, a lot of people would just be embarrassed. But I'm not. Because every situation is relative to the person. This is my journey. This is my path. It's not yours. For whatever reason, I was meant to be broke. <laughs> For whatever reason, I was meant to stay with my parents for so long. And for whatever reason, they were meant to keep me doing what I'm doing over these last 20 years. Radio, television, music, teaching, becoming a holistic doctor, podcasting, helping people turn their health around. The list goes on and on. And, you know, they wanted to see me make it so bad. Make it, quote unquote. My mom would always say, oh, you know, you just haven't caught your lucky break yet, you know. My dad, same thing. Oh, you just haven't caught your lucky break. Okay. Career-wise, no. But life-wise, I did catch my lucky break. <laughs> this is the funny part about it. I did catch my lucky break. My lucky break is... Them. <laughs> it's them. They are the lucky break. I am a lucky son of a gun. Not many people can stand up and say at 41 years old that they have lived their dreams. I've already I've already lived my dreams. It's over, essentially. I did the radio. I did TV. I, I did music. I, I became a doc. I already did it. What else is there to do? And of course, they they still want to see me make money. <laughs> of course they do. Of course. My mom is worrisome about it, you know, but like, I hope that podcast, uh, you know, becomes a revenue stream. Well, it's on the people. It's not on me, you know, I'll keep pumping them out though. In Sunlight Sunny, the nonprofit organization teaching children about fruits and vegetables through 
you know, a superhero character. You know, it's going to take a while, but that that hopefully will be my my job job by the time, you know, in, in a few years. And if all goes well with this podcast, they'll both be running parallel. And this is my life's work. But my life's work isn't possible without my parents. And I, I hope that one day they see that too. They can see that. And they can see that by me showing them appreciation. Like I did to my dad the other day. That was a huge breakthrough. That was such a huge breakthrough. I've been opening up to my mom for the last few years, but not my dad. That was probably the first time. And it won't be the last time. It's never too late. It's never too late to express yourself and do what you got to do to break those patterns. And maybe that's my real purpose. I don't know. Who knows? But when I get Sunlight Sunny off the ground and we start changing America and getting children into fruits and vegetables and gardening and all that, my parents will be a huge factor in that success. Because if it wasn't for them blocking for me, I never would be able to get into that end zone. So, I, I hope that this message is a catalyst for you. If you have someone in your life that you need to be expressive towards or you have a relationship you need to fix do it just do it you can start by journaling just start writing down write them letters or whatever just to get yourself ready just do it just just get it done because life is short as they say life is short be open be soft be warm say thank you Be random with it. Be random. Be random with it. Just like I was with my dad the other day. I hope this message finds you well. And I hope to continue maybe this conversation in the Patreon group. Come on over. Come on over. It's only $11.11. <laughs> and my mom will be really happy if you join. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.